Welcome to Escape This Podcast, a show that's a mix between tabletop role-playing and escape room puzzles. It's the kind of escape room you play when you really love puzzles, but you're deathly afraid of the physical sensation of handling them. <laughs> Each episode, our puzzle master, Danny, takes two contestants through a room of her own devising, and this episode, our contestants are a familiar voice, Tess. Contestant. You didn't make the pun, and I'm mad at you. Oh, sorry. Oh, a familiar, no. a familiar contestant, Tess. Tess, hi. And Jess. Hi. A contestant. I was just, I was say, <laughs> contestant, but that sounds disgusting. Lovely. Okay, cool. Uh, now, Tess, you've obviously done a few of these before. Yeah. Jess, you've listened to some, but you haven't done... I have listened to some, Have yes. you done escape rooms before? Absolutely non-escape rooms. Oh, wow. Oh, great. We have had people on before who've done no escape rooms, and they did fine. So cool. if you do poorly, it's all your fault. Yeah. It's not about your situation. I expected as much. Yeah, good. Lovely. And, Danny, we can get right into the room. Do you want to do a quick rundown of the basic rules, and then you can get into it? Look, there are no particular notes to this one. The usual don't break anything. We've had a couple of rooms in the past where there was a little bit of exception to that. This one is no breakage and no hurting each other. I guess that's about it for this one. Damn. No quirky rules, except that for this setting, just to immerse yourselves in it a little bit more, I would like you to come up with character names for yourselves and to give you... A vague idea of the setting. This is the late 19th century England. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, you know, honestly, I would love to be called Ms. Bennett. Thank you. Ms. Bennett. <sighs> Ms. Bennett. <laughs> Did Ms. exist back then? Miss will do. Okay. Miss Bennett. Ms. Oh, no. Now I've been put on the spot because I was like, yeah, first names are great. I love first names. <laughs> name is well Maggie Smith. Just Dame Maggie Smith. <laughs> I'll just be Miss Maggie then. Okay. okay. Miss Maggie. Why so are so... you a Miss first name and I'm a Miss last name? Does that make... Miss that, Smith is all good. super boring. No, no, but <laughs> yes. you should just be no, Maggie. I like Miss Bennett and Miss Maggie. Miss right, Bennett so... and Miss Maggie. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Miss Bennett and Miss Maggie. Let's begin. The wide door opens in front of you mere seconds after you begin knocking, and a maid ushers you inside. She leads you to an opulent sitting room where you stand, waiting, raising your eyebrows with impatience. Your host was the one who arranged this little meeting. The fact that you are on time and she is late in her own house is rather rankling. It goes without saying that you don't touch anything while you wait, but you certainly take a good look around the room, appraising the decor. A large rug covers a significant portion of the floor. And sitting on it are a large lounge chair and an end table with a box of sweets on it. A fireplace features on the wall across from you and a large painting hangs above it. There's another painting too on the wall just to your right and it hangs above a small shelf of books. Against one of the long walls, right in the center, is a modest china cabinet. This wall is also ornamented with two mounted lights and a clock. The remaining wall has no decoration besides a window and the patterned wallpaper. Elsewhere in the room, you see a large standing mirror, and above your head is a chandelier. But the item that catches your eye most of all is a life-sized marble sculpture standing proudly near the door. Soon the door opens and your hostess enters, the town spinster, Miss Eliza Flavisham. She gives you a curt nod to acknowledge your presence, but doesn't apologize for being late. She also doesn't invite you to sit down. Let me be direct, she says. I have a task for you. Your skills of observation and reputation of discretion have been made known to me, and I wish to utilize them. You say nothing. This wasn't entirely unexpected. Miss Flavisham isn't known to see people for social calls often. She continues, 
You are familiar with Mr. and Mrs. Southridge, of course. Of course. Yes, naturally. I have reason to believe they intend to send an agent here to steal some property, which I have acquired. Naturally, I have no inclination whatsoever to allow this to happen, so I have concealed it. I wish for you to search this room for this property. No, I do not care to reveal its nature at this time. I only wish to be assured that even the cleverest minds are unable to locate it, let alone some foolish spy in the pay of the Southridges. Is this a simple enough request? It sounds simple. Truly, it does. Unfortunately, one small fact gets in the way. You two, Miss Bennett and Miss Maggie, are the spies in the pay of the Southridges. Ooh, time to play the player. Miss Flavisham is not telling you everything. The property of which she speaks is blackmail material. Both Mr. and Mrs. Southridge separately approached you, offering you endless pounds to retrieve documents that would pose public embarrassment to them. Miss Flavisham is a notorious gossip and likely stole these documents from the Southridge's own home. Not only have they asked you re to retrieve those documents, they have requested, out of spite really, that you search for anything they could use to blackmail Miss Flavisham herself in return. Miss Flavisham's maid hurries into the sitting room. Miss, she says, there is another guest at the door. He requests a private audience with you in the dining room. <laughs> Sorry. You know who this guest is. He's your partner, your distraction, to keep Miss Flavisham out of the way for as long as possible. He's mildly distracting. <laughs> for as long as possible. While you search the room. He's for doing magic tricks. <laughs> cool, Miss, you have to see this. <laughs> For as long as possible while you search the room for what you need. You have perhaps an hour to locate the blackmail materials regarding Mr. Southridge, Mrs. Southridge, and Miss Flavisham herself. This is easily one hour of entertainment right here. <laughs> I could sit and watch this for approximately 60 minutes, I could. <laughs> then, of course, you'll have to leave the room without attracting any attention. Hopefully the door will be left unguarded. As soon as the maid and Miss Flavisham exit the sitting room and close the door behind them, you begin your search. Oh, Miss Maggie, where shall we start? Oh, I don't know, Miss Bennett, you're a little more experienced than I am. Okay, right, <laughs> Can well. we keep this up for an hour? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'm not even going to keep it up more than a sentence. Um, I would like to walk over to the marble statue, uh, statue and see if there's anything weird about it, maybe feel it, push it. Try and tilt it a bit, see if it rotates or if it's on anything or anything like that. So it's quite a large, like I said, it was a life-size sculpture. So just giving it a little push with a hand or something, it's no, not no, going to go very far. full-on rub down. Like, let's oh, get in there. Oh, my mistake. <laughs> no, look, it's an original Gilbert piece, if you are familiar with Gilbert. Oh, yes, naturally. Yeah, yeah. So it's a Greek figure holding aloft a gold circlet, but he is facing away from the gold circlet. Miss Flavisham has also deigned to cover his shame with a small cloth. Can I move the cloth? Absolutely, you can, and you witness his shame right in your <laughs> face. Well, I'm a woman of the world now. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a blank piece of marble that says, I never finished high school. It's the Kendall <laughs> Gilbert sculpture. Does the circle come out of his hand? You wouldn't like to. It looks like it's pretty fixed there. This is a very expensive artwork. All right. You don't really notice anything else. Okay. Well, Miss Maggie, perhaps um, you'd like to take a look at a, something on the wall. I would like to know what time is displayed on the clock. The clock is wall-mounted, like the lights on either side of it. It sort of imitates a grandfather clock in that it's got a pendulum swinging at the bottom. At present, it's functioning well. It shows the current time. 
Lovely. Cool. Good. What's, let's, let's open the sweet box. Yeah, let's do that. The first layer has all been eaten, but there's an untouched second layer underneath. There's a fine layer of dust on them, indicating that they're rather old. You don't dare sample any. A delicate paper between layers tells you the flavors, various fruits, nuts, fudges, and gives recommended flavor pairings for them. For example, there's a hazelnut chocolate recommending being paired with, amongst many other things, honey. What are the other pairings? There are a lot of chocolates in there, and quite frankly, every flavor goes with about 10 flavors. I did do some particular research into flavor matchings, and it's exhausting. Did you actually? Yeah. I'm very impressed. Gilbert's a real artist as well who works with Greek statues and gold. Is he really? Yeah. Because I'm learning so much. Oh, wow. Am I able to empty the sweets out onto... It would be quite offensive, and Miss Flavisham would certainly notice, but I suppose it's not a breakage, so I have to allow it. I would suggest not doing it, because we might get caught later. True. Okay, well, let's look at the table. The chocolates are on. What's... Is there anything weird about the table? It's made of perfectly kept wood and has two small drawers, one on top of the other. Each drawer has a large brass lion's head handle. If you pull on the handle, the top drawer opens easily, though sadly reveals nothing but dust. But the bottom drawer seems to be stuck. Or else it never functioned in the first place and is purely decorative, you can't be certain. What's in the top drawer? Dust. Dust. Um, I want to look at the painting above Which the bookshelf. Painting? The painting above the bookshelf by the door. This is a very large professional looking piece. It's a sitting family portrait of two parents, two older children, and one infant. You can tell immediately the infant is Miss Flavisham from the pursed lips and piercing blue eyes. The artist shaded her face a vivid shade of pink, accurately capturing the moment right before a child's tantrum. Perhaps the imminent tantrum is due to the outfit. All family members are wearing grotesque matching clothes. Brown hats for the men and bonnets for the women and pale green scarves and shawls. It's quite hideous. You judge it. You judge all of them. <laughs> Can I um, move the painting at all? Yeah, it's it's large, but it will definitely shift. It's not stuck fast. What, what's it's hanging. It? Let's, let's lift it up. There is wall. Okay. I would like to have a look at the painting that's above the fireplace. This painting over the fireplace, it's pleasant. It's a bit less professional looking than the other one. The signature in the corner indicates that Miss Flavisham herself was the artist some years ago. It depicts a simple kitchen scene. There's a female cook hard at work at a counter while a male servant kneels to pick up something, a dropped cup, say, from the floor. And really not much else of note about the scenery. Does that one move? Again, you can sort of push it, you suppose. You wouldn't want to lift it down. It's a bit too big for that. But you see nothing but wall behind it. Okay. Is there anything on the mantelpiece above the fire? No. Is there anything (laughs) in the fireplace? Well, while not currently lit, warmth does radiate from the fireplace's embers. And amongst the ashes, your keen eyes spot a fragment of paper. Ooh, and another, and another. But it's much too hot for you to reach in. And also, you don't want soot on your hands. Goodness, no. A foul notion. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's have a look at the bookshelf under the painting. The titles are uninteresting fictions and non-fictions, occasional classics, and the author's names are just as dull. It's full of Smiths and Browns and Robertses. It's 
quite dull. Quickly flicking through some of the books does not reveal any obvious secrets inside any of them either. Okay. I would like to have a look at the china cabinet to see if there's anything interesting inside. Absolutely. There are two neat stacks of plates inside. One stack consists of eight identical bone-white china plates with an intricate swirl decoration around the rim. The other consists of clear glass plates with colour staining around the rim. Each of these ones has a different colour. Red, blue, green, yellow, black, white, purple, orange. In your opinion, they're rather gaudy for display. Once more, you judge them. <laughs> um, how about the mounted wall lights? They are cast iron claws holding candles aloft, each one burning brightly, casting light on all the corners the sunlight doesn't quite reach. Is the sunlight coming through the window? Yes. One would think. <laughs> I don't know. Flavisham might have a custom-made sun in the corner. From the floor. <laughs> Skylight's coming early to... I was about to say medieval Britain, but I kind of missed the boat on that one. I would like to have a look at the freestanding mirror and see if there's anything behind it. You can look around the mirror and it seems to be pretty just freestanding, nothing concealed. It's perfectly polished silver with a stylishly gnarled frame and your reflection stares back at you. What expression is on your face right now? Horror! Perfect. Your reflection stares back at you in horror. Beautiful. What's up with the chandelier? You look at it with an appraising eye. Great glass ornamentation held by bronze fixtures. And right in the centre is one of those electric light bulbs you've heard so much about. It's off, of course. Probably burned out after ten minutes, the temperamental things. It's gaudy with pieces you don't understand. Balanced around the bulb is something that looks like tongs. You don't understand how these lights work at all. Tongs like the cooking implement? Quite similar, yes. Can we get one of those down and use it to get stuff out of the fire? Well, it's much too high for you to reach. Hmm, I think we should get something to get us up to the chandelier at some point. What else if we... I'm looking for things that, that could get us up to the chandelier. <laughs> well, I can think about us standing on the sofa, but that could be rude. Yes, there are yeah. still things that you can look at. I mean, we could probably move the bookshelf as well. Well, we haven't looked at the rug, and we haven't looked at the patterned wallpaper, and we haven't looked at the chair. So let's do those. Tell us about the rug. It's draped across nearly the whole floor, and it depicts several renowned scenes from Greek mythology. Prometheus stealing fire from Hephaestus's forge, Pandora opening her vessel, and Persephone consuming Hades' pomegranate seeds. It's super fancy. Okay. And the chair? The lounge chair. It's large and familial, and its leaf-patterned surface could comfortably seat four. One such as Miss Flavisham couldn't possibly shift it, so you feel assured you will not need to do so. Is there anything inside the cushions of the sofa? Can we have a look under the, cu you, the cushions? Well, with your preciously manicured fingers, manicured, do manicures exist then? Press gently at the couch cushions, and no, nothing of interest seems to come forth. Miss Flavisham must hide her blackmail materials elsewhere. Okay. What do we see if we look out the window? Uh, Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much there's uh, <laughs> magic tricks on the lawn. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> you were inside not one minute ago and now you're outside. <laughs> it's a wide-ranging trick you got to commit. You do see the long winding path that leads up to Miss Flavisham's house and you see the street in the distance. The window itself, surrounded by lace curtains, simple and uninteresting, and the window is bolted shut 
to your surprise and dismay, a key would be needed to open it. So you cannot just jump out to witness magic tricks. They're very good magic tricks. <laughs> How much of this is going to be kept in? All of it. <laughs> I love this maid has nothing better to do in this 19th century house. <laughs> Aside from watch magic tricks. I here. tried to clean the dishes, but they disappeared out of my hands. <laughs> Turned into roses, they did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of roses, what's the wallpaper pattern? To your smug satisfaction, this wallpaper is, in a word, cheap. Mm. Instead of an ornate floral pattern like you were expecting, it simply has circles, each with a dot in the middle and a straight line bisecting it vertically. In the corner, you even see a spot where the paper is peeling off. <gasps> I go over to that corner and peel back wallpaper just a little bit there appears to be a different image underneath the paper you are unsure if it is an old pattern or a single picture that somebody sketched on it details a tall muscular man turning his head to look out a window can we turn the marble statue to look out the window you go over to the marble statue and it takes both of you to do this but you twist him around look i mean you succeed but He's so far away from the window, it really doesn't look like he's staring out a window at all. I go and get the mirror and I angle it so that he can see the image of what's outside the window. You do that, but it appears to have no effect. What okay. if we angle hit the mirror next to the window so that his image appears to be looking out the window much closer? Any use of the mirror in this context is disappointing. Damn it. Okay, let's, let's come back to this. Wait, is that all that's under the wallpaper? Yes, just that picture of a man. Staring out a window. right out a window. We can't move him. Can we move him? You can push him. Sure. Can push him to the window? Yeah, yeah. You have Do you to push, push the whole statue, so it's quite an effort. All right, let's Both get on this. It's on day. Let's do this. Yeah. Move the statue. It's certainly heavy, and you feel an offensive sheen of sweat forming on your brows as you drag it. You spin it around so its face is staring out the window, just like the image you saw. Once you do so, the sun catches the gold circlet in the sculpture's hand and sends a bright beam of light across the room. You follow it and see that it comes to an end on one of the back legs of the lounge. Ooh. Shall we inspect the leg? You examine the spot that is under the direct sunlight and you notice this leg of the lounge is unlike the other three. On its own, it appears to have a slight wobble, so Miss Flavisham has had it reinforced with some kind of small beam. You tug at the beam and, to your surprise, it slides to the floor. With some manoeuvring, you pull it all the way out and you find that it is an extendable rod that has been folded up and stored inside the bottom of the lounge. Ooh. Can we use that to get the tongs down from the chandelier? Mm. Would you like to attempt it? Yes. Yes, we would. So tell me what you are doing. So we get the extendable rod Mm -hmm. to full extension and we use it to hook Hook onto the tongue. It's I just suppose. a straight up rod, so not really hooking, so more nudging. Kind of, it's kind of like nudge <laughs> it so that it slides down, like the, a like a oh, I forgot what they call those like zip lines, <laughs> like a flying fox, <laughs> like a flying fox. The flying fox the tongs from the chandelier. You attempt to flying fox the tongs. Unfortunately, nudging something with a metal rod doesn't work quite that neatly, so they just fall off the chandelier. And they land with a thump that the rug underneath barely muffles. But Miss Flavisham does not return. Well, she's much too distracted by the magic tricks. Apparently so. They're mostly made of metal, these tongs, though there is wood covering the loops where one's fingers would sit. 
and the gripping end has a slight blackness on it. Lovely. Well, I'm going to pick up those tongs and go over to the fire and fish out the paper. You gently lift out those scraps one by one. The heat has made them brittle, but you are able to piece them together into a single legible message, which our dear maid will read in a less maidy voice because it's important. My dear... No. <laughs> <laughs> my dearest John, from the bottom of my heart, I am glad to hear of your safe return from China. I long once again for your embrace. I dare not speak ill of the infirm, and I in no way wish further pain for her, but your wife's disease has indeed progressed in your absence, and I do not believe she is in any condition to miss you should you visit me immediately. I appreciate your offer to show me your photographs of your travels, but I must decline, for you see, the very thought of another photograph makes me see red. I have had a poor experience with such things lately. While lunching with the Southridges some weeks ago, I briefly found myself alone in Mr. Southridge's study and happened upon a collection of photographs in a drawer. The contents positively turned me green. They were images of him, of Mr. Suthridge himself, in a position of romantic intimacy with another man. <gasps> My skin went white with horror. I could only imagine the fate of poor Emily Suthridge when the township learned of this. Naturally, I took the images and burned them. It wasn't until later that I learned the shocking truth about Mrs. Suthridge. I certainly would have reconsidered my decision had I known. I will not be so hasty with my evidence of her misdeeds. I have hidden it away, and the secret will remain between me and my crockery until I see fit to release it. Forever yours, Eliza Flaversham. Flaversham. That's my name. My name is Flaversham. So either Mrs. Southridge is a man in disguise, or it's a polyamorous couple, probably. I feel like that doesn't help us find the stuff we're <laughs> oh, looking for. I'm not trying for. to find anything. I just want to just this, this is juicy. <laughs> I mean, what was your task here today? What are you doing here? Maybe we're trying to find those photos. I maybe we're just our own agents and we want to blackmail them both. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, let's assume. <clears throat> Naturally, I took the images. I was about to say them. she burnt them. Maybe they don't. They don't know that she burnt them. So they've sent us here to get the photos <laughs> back, and she's burnt them. But she knows something else about Mr. Southridge. So what we need to do is then find the stuff to blackmail her so that we can take it back to them so they're safe. Exactly. But safe. first up, I would like to go back to the china cabinet and have a look between the plates. She did say The crockery. bone china ones. Because crockery denotes porcelain, usually. Does it? Yeah. yeah. You lift between them and again... All you really see is these plates, the china ones with the funny pattern around the side and the gross colored ones. You don't see anything hidden between them. No barcodes on the back that might be puzzles. <laughs> you know, Victorian barcodes. <laughs> I love oh, a yes, good Victorian those. barcode. Um, is there anything on the cabinet itself, like the inside of the door or? Sadly, no. There was something about seeing red. Maybe we should grab the red plate. Yes. Ooh, okay, she said red, green, and white. All of those mm. are the colours. There are those. Should we get those plates out? Yes, please. Oh, Let's get the red them, plate, the green plate, and the white plate, please. So you take out a one of the plates that has red around the rim, one with green around the rim, and one with white. You succeed. <laughs> What's Is there anything interesting about the plates? So they're glass plates that just have a thin rim of these colours around the border. Mm. <laughs> what do we do with you've it? Done, I've got nothing. You've done this, so you can know appropriate hints to give. Before you give a hint, the best thing to do is 
what what do you have? We have eight plates with swirly edges, and we have eight plates with each with a color edge. The glass plates are the colored ones. The swirly ones are china. Yep. Should we put them on top of the? Or pull out three swirly ones. Yeah, three swirly ones, and then put them on top and see if it reveals anything. Yeah, let's do that. In the pattern. Can you describe to me, just using hand gestures and things, can you describe to me exactly what you're doing? So grabbing a glass plate, and then one of the, the ones with the swirly pattern, and then putting the glass one on top of the one with the swirly pattern, and then seeing if like the colours affect the pattern at Ooh. all to reveal anything. The colour does look like it's having a slight effect on the swirly pattern, it's distorting it a tiny bit, but you can't quite make out anything as yet. It's not really coming up with anything discernible. Can we put another glass plate on top of... Actually, let's let's just go all in and put all three glass plates on top of a swirly plate. That's a good Please. idea. On top of a china plate with the swirly edge, you place your red, green, and white plates on top of it. The colours of the stained glass plates do mingle together when placed one on top of the other. They form a murky brown. And the pattern on the china also does look different and distorted with the colours layered over it. It looks like letters and numbers. On one side of the plate you see CH2 and on the other side you see S1. CH like chocolate? Maybe exactly we like check chocolates. Out the chocolates. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's go to the chocolate box for a second. Okay. Do they have <laughs> chocolate? Chocolate. <laughs> it's uh, one flavor. <laughs> yes. Um. Well, we use the marble statue. <clears throat> We've used the window, the chandelier, mm-hmm. the fireplace, the china cabinet. I would hesitate to cross it out just in case it comes back up again. Yeah, possibly. What about the bookshelf? What if CH2 and S1 corresponds to books on it? Like, what if there's an author called Charles Hitchens or something? A second. A second. (laughs) There probably is, but (laughs) reading Charles Hitchens' entire book poses a bore for you. Okay. Well... I don't know where to go other than to try and follow... What else could CH2 mean? Yeah, I mean, that's CH for chair, for chandelier, for chocolate. People don't usually shorten chandelier to CH. (laughs) (laughs) Not in your world, but clearly you're not living with the same kind of people I am. So we have two paintings. Mm -hmm. The chair, the chocolate. We have two wall lights and a clock. The mirror? We haven't used the mirror, have we? No, 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 not yet. We have lace curtains on the window. There's that wallpaper, but, I mean, we did peel that back. Mm-hmm. There were two notable things about that wallpaper. One was, was the peeled corner. What was the other one? The pattern. The pattern. So it's a circle with a dot in the middle, bisected vertically. Like an apple. It is not... Uh, sorry, those lines do not extend past the circle. Oh. Does that look like anything in the room? Like the clock? What if we moved the pendulum up? Just shove it oh, up no. in the <laughs> <laughs> What if we make the clock um, hands at 6 and 12? Yeah, we could. Yeah, let's do that. It does somewhat resemble a clock at 6 o'clock. The hands move when you try this, but they raise an uncomfortable objection. They make a high-pitched squeaking noise, and you freeze for a moment just in case Miss Flavisham heard over the magic act. She does not seem to. 
What was that squeak? Oh, it's just a little mouse you made appear. Oh, how cute. Yes, it's very cute. Luke. That was, was misfunction. <laughs> that was Professor Layton. I love that you got so into it that you were like, I've got to be her too. <laughs> a gentleman never looks at another man's mouse, Luke. <laughs> you have to use a small amount of force to get the hands into the six o'clock position. When they finally get there, the internal mechanisms give a horrible lurch and the pendulum swinging at the bottom detaches and falls to the floor. You pick it up hastily to try to correct your error, but to no avail, it will not reattach. You look it over to make sure you haven't missed anything, and you frown. This is not like a normal clock pendulum. We have an image for you of this particular clock pendulum. That, that's a snuffer. snuffer. A candle snuffer for those following along at home. Uh, well, we have two candles on the wall next to the clock. Yeah, let's let's kill those bad boys. Let's snuff them, snuff them, snuff them out. Oh, it's turned into a snuff episode. <laughs> if we snuff them, we're going to throw ourselves into pitch black. Or is the, the sun, sun, so the sun, okay, the sun is, is enough? Good. Oh, well, I don't know how dark this room is. There's only one window. When I described the lights to you, those candles were just bringing light to the corners that the sunlight didn't quite reach. I see. But a good half of the room is still very bright. Snuff them. Even though the sun is still coming through the window, this half of the room instantly darkens by several shades. It's as if you are seeing the space through a bereavement veil. Everything has grown darker, except for one thing. The painting above the fireplace appears to be glowing somehow. Um, right, well, I guess we've got to go over to the painting then. You go first. I'm well, go I'll go over to the painting. <laughs> the painting grabs um, you. <laughs> T- Tess will cower in the corner while I go Excuse and... Excuse me, my name's Miss Bennett. Thank you very much. Miss Bennett will go yeah, and cower Miss in... Tess the- Bennett. How dare you? I don't tell gentlemen my first name unless we're married. That's the maid you're talking to. <laughs> I mean, no, the maid's not. A man in a dress. <laughs> Look, the glow is coming from a corner of the painting that did not have any features of note in the normal image. Now you see that somebody has painted on something extra in some kind of phosphorescent paint. You've never seen anything like it. In the dark, this new picture is clear as day. The male servant, who was previously leaning down to pick up a fallen cup, now has a mirror standing in front of him. His face looks almost pressed up against the very bottom of the mirror, like he could be kissing it. I kiss the mirror. I mean, I go over to the mirror and mirror the what the guy's doing from the painting, pushing my face up against the Feeling a little foolish, I assume, you bend down to get closer to your point of interest. As your face nears the silver surface, a smell tickles your nostrils. It smells like mint. That's nice. What do, what do I do with this? Apparently some... Hey, Miss Maggie, this mirror smells like mint. Some minty fresh dude's been kissing a mirror. <laughs> oh, I kiss the mirror. Oh, what about mint chocolate? Do you think there's a mint was, chocolate? Yeah, so let's have a look and see if there is a mint sweet or chocolate inside the sweet box. You take the paper that can tell you what each chocolate is, and you do indeed see that there are some mint ones in there. And what do they pair with? Well, amongst many things, it's an exhausting list, one thing does catch your eye. Mint matches with pomegranate. Oh, Persephone on the rug! Wait, are we going to feed some chocolate to a rug? Is that what we've gotten to today? <laughs> Take this. I mean, she needs it. She's just having pomegranate. She's not pairing it with mint. Oh, foolish girl. That's why Hades kept her in hell. Can we put one of the mint chocolates onto, I'm guessing, Persephone's other hand or something? On, onto Persephone on the rug? Her hands are 
Oh, together she's, holding some pomegranate. She's she's a bit busy. Can All we right. put the mint chocolate on the pomegranate? Yeah. The image of this pomegranate is rather close to the fireplace. So when you place a chocolate on it, the residual warmth of the embers melts the chocolate quite quickly, leaving an unfortunate smear. Oops. The pink circle that represented a pomegranate seed now has a blob of brown underneath it and a smear of green on top from the chocolate's mint center. So it's a brown circle now with a smear of green. A pink circle with a blob of brown underneath it and a smear of green on top. It's going to be the plates again. We have to make pink because there is a red and a white. Wait, we've got... They've already gotten together. I mean, the plates are <laughs> sitting together. They're not in a romantic entanglement. <laughs> Yes, this is actually separate from the plate thing. You now have two separate chains going here. So it's a pink circle. Sorry, I'm just going to repeat this. Yes, um, pink circle with brown on the bottom and green on the top. Sorry, when you say on the bottom, do you mean like 3D underneath it? Or do you mean like this bottom half of it? Like, so the Does it look like a bullseye or is it like a is segment? It, does it look like this? <laughs> and it used to be a pink circle, but now that's all brown the, and the that's rug, all green. The rug did not become a three-dimensional projection of <laughs> no, a No, I mean, the like, pink is, circle, it like, is the pink brown circle under, under brown. here? Oh, no, it's not concentric, concentric circles. It's more like, yeah, pink thing. Oh, the brown kind of went like that. And oh, oh no, the green okay. went like that. Although okay. I think you okay. should flip that up to because so, the green is on top. Yeah, the green yeah, are top. Neither, I mean, that's in neither of us white. got that. <laughs> yeah, no, both of us were like, "Oh my god." <laughs> okay. You're drawing a, you're drawing a uh, like a, like a shell, like a shoulder. It's God. He's got there. a halo. Aww. He's got a beard. <laughs> Minty halo. <laughs> so when we reference these things, I should take photos and tweet them. <laughs> I'll take one for this you. This is Tessa's picture of God. <laughs> drawn from memory. Oh, hang on. Does that vaguely resemble the people in the family portrait? Ooh, the colours are uncannily similar. You're so smart. (laughs) (laughs) Why, Miss Bennett, thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, Miss Maggie. Um, You didn't even say anything, just oh, Miss Maggie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling a conniption. I'm so excited. Oh, no, where's the Where's the Lord in them? Okay, um, well, let's go over to the painting and look at, we've got a pink face. Mm -hmm. The baby in the photo's face was quite pink. And there's green, green scarves and shawls and things. So I'm guessing brown, brown brown clothes, clothes. brown hats and bonnets. Mm -hmm. So we already looked behind it. Should we make it look like the stain somehow? I thought it already looked like the stain. The Um, colors do, but they're not in the right place. Mm. What if we got? Some Are you suggesting we smudge a family portrait? <laughs> yes, I am. What if we like flip the painting or something? I mean, where? So the top was green, the middle was pink, the bottom was brown, and currently the parents are at the top. Well, in the... And so for the painting, it's a pink-faced girl uh-huh. with a brown hat and green clothes. Oh, so we just turn it over. So the painting did not look like that in my brain. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought she was wearing a green bonnet and brown clothes. No, but that's green okay. scarf. Oh, I didn't think hat. she was wearing oh, those clothes. I yeah. thought her family were wearing those I clothes. I said everyone was wearing those clothes. I'm sorry. It was really very clear. I know it was. <laughs> uh, all right, we, we flip the painting upside down. It flips around surprisingly easily. You stare at the image intently, but struggle to see anything new that will help you at this stage. Oh, good. Ooh. Back to your plate. <laughs> Back to CH2S1. All right. Well, all right, hang on. So 
No, well, that doesn't... But S1 could be sun, like the sun coming through the window. It's probably not. This isn't... Like, I, I'm not playing I Spy with you. I'm not making you guess everything that starts I mean, with these letters. No, I mean, if you write S1 and it says oh, sun, Jesus. that's what I mean. <laughs> they're, not, they're not chemical symbols, are they? God, no. I wouldn't expect you to know that. Oh, good. You are... Because I don't know. At this point, neglecting one aspect of what you found with it's these plates. brown. It's got a swelling pattern. She's got pattern. that written on her diagram. I was okay Sorry. with it. When they just said it again, they... You forgot they that. Say, no, they did not. They said it and they just said CH2S1. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm guessing he's trying to tell us that there's something to do with brown CH2S1. He's just doing that because he forgot it. No, <laughs> Well, it's brown. It sure is a brown plate. We should, um... Does it come back to the chocolates again, or am I just... No, you have officially used those chocolates. Okay. Tick them off. Well, who else is on the rug? Prometheus and Pandora. That doesn't seem helpful. So, yeah, I'm not just sending you on a wild abbreviation hunt. This is a thing that a person might write when they are talking about this thing. Is it a book? Like, chapter two, sentence one? Maybe? Um, okay, hang on. On the bookshelf, how many books are brown? Hang on. No, the author's names, there was one called Brown. Oh, was Smith there? Brown, Roberts. They Sweet. were boring. Nice one. Smith Brown Roberts. Smith Brown Roberts. The most dull author of them all. <laughs> it sounds like a really boring pirate. <laughs> Smith Brown Roberts. He just the like, dread pirate Roberts really boards, named cousin. He boards ships and everyone just doesn't like panic. They just go, oh. <laughs> he boards ships oh. and purchases rum from the sailors and then leaves. <laughs> okay, so we go to the... Is there one book by Brown? There is a single book by Mr. Charles... Sorry, Smith Roberts Brown. <laughs> Can we open it to chapter two and what sentence one? So this book is a memoir of Mr. Brown's. It's relating his many international expeditions, and chapter two details his experience in the heat of the African savannah. The eighth sentence reads, To those who have never witnessed two lions simultaneously circling a sleek rotation of malevolent masculinity, you have not witnessed enlightenment. <laughs> so we go back over to the table that has the lion handles mm-hmm. on it, and... We make it circle the <laughs> statue of the man. We just push it round and so round. They're, they're, are they like holding a? Are they like lion heads that are like holding a kind of like ring sort of thing that you can yeah. use to open it? Can you ro- Can we rotate the rings? You can indeed do so. It actually rotates the whole lion's head with it. Great. We do that round and round. You do that to the top drawer, the bottom drawer, the bottom drawer, the stuck one. The handle does spin around, but it doesn't seem to be making it come loose. Can we spin the top one the opposite direction? All right, you move on to the top one. Wait, no, we need to do that at the same time because it's two lions circling. Yeah, so can we do them both at the same time then? Would you like to take one each in a true show of friendship? Yes! Yes! In a true show of friendship, you twist one lion's head each. They twist much more easily than you expected this way, and after several rotations, you feel a shift in the lower drawer. You pull the handle, and as if nothing were ever wrong with it, the drawer slides open. Inside are two brief letters. The first reads... Dearest Catherine, I am overjoyed to hear of your marriage to Mr. Clark. My warmest regards and sincerest congratulations to you, your affectionate friend, Mary. 
The actual letter, to be honest, is a bit longer than that. Mary went on, perhaps. A tad too much? My syphilis is acting up again. (laughs) (laughs) Now the second letter reads... To my dear friend Helen, I sympathise with your confusion. However, there is a simple explanation as to why the residents of my childhood village appear to have no memory of me. You were asking after me as Emily Barrett. But I must confess this is not the name with which I was born. Back then I was known as Catherine Manning. I have since changed it for personal reasons. Warmly yours, Emily. Barrett, you happen to be aware, is the former name of Mrs. Emily Southridge. You flip the messages over, aghast and desperate to find more, and you find that one of them has some further writing on the back, although it's in a different handwriting. It says, reflect on what the sweet one told you. So what did you learn from those notes? So Emily Southridge was Emily Barrett, but she was previously married to someone called Mr. Clark. Previously married. Oh, that's his first name. Bigamously married. (gasps) She has married twice. Uh, This is quite a revelation. So while she was Catherine, she married Clark. Then she changed her name to Emily Barrett, by which she is now... So that she could marry Mr. Southridge. Southridge. Well, this is saucy. Well, this will be the blackmail material then. Yeah. Great. Tick that one off. I'd say you now know a decent amount about all of the people that you were required to. Reflect on what the sweet one told you. The mirror? Hold the chocolates in the mirror. I was going to say the chocolates. Put the chocolates up to the mirror? I don't. (laughs) I mean, obviously the chocolates are sweet, but what did they tell you? What did they tell us? They made a mess on the rug. (laughs) Which which told us about the painting. Reflect on what the sweet one told you. Flip things upside down. That's what the sweet one told us. Mm-hmm. Oh, go back to the painting. Is there anything there? It still looks much how you left it. An upside down family portrait of grotesquely dressed people. Can we get the mirror and reflect it? It takes both of you to lift the mirror, but you're great friends by now. You've been united by blackmail. I'm sorry. Is our strength proportionate to the level of our friendship in this scenario? Is this it an anime? <laughs> Is it power up with the power of heart? Let's go. You hold up the mirror to the upside down family portrait. You peer at the reflection of this upside down family and your eyes are drawn to the infant's green shawl. You didn't notice it until it was upside down and backwards, but there is a message written in the lace. Miss Flavisham must have added it herself somehow. You squint and you read, third from the R, second from B. Third from the right, second from bottom, would be my guess. But I don't know. The sofa seats four people. Is it to do with the... Is this referring to the china cabinet? You can't just ask me this stuff. Hang on, what about the chocolates? What could it be? Ah, the chocolates, unfortunately, do not line up in this manner. You cannot find a third from the right, second from the bottom that really works for this. What about the circles on the wallpaper? There are several circles on the wallpaper. You could conceivably... I go over to the one that's third from the right, second from the bottom. You go over to that wallpaper... You run a finger over the images of the clock until you get there and you reach the one you want. You feel a slight indent 
You press and the wallpaper tears, enough for you to spot a tiny hole in the wall. Inside is a small key. For the window? Yes. Grab it. I grab it. I think I'm there. Not you. I just realized. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you grab it. I throw I... the key at you. I say, <laughs> Miss Maggie, go long. <laughs> I, I snatch it from the air with pinpoint accuracy. <laughs> and, and we high five. <laughs> we high five. Across the, the distance. Window. Nice. All right, you, <laughs> you daintily approach the window, carrying the key between two of your fingers. Between the two of you, each holding one side of the key. With the power of friendship, we hold this key aloft and insert it into the window. It unlocks the window. And, as I believe, you have found all the blackmail material you need. Well, you found out about Mr. Southridge's, Correct. 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 Those photos were burned. So we don't need to worry about it. And Mrs. Southridge's, oh dear, those letters. Did we take the letters? Exposing her. Would you like to take the letters? We would yes. love to yes. take the letters. Exposing Seems her fair. is a bigamist. Maybe we should burn the letter. No, the fire's not really going, is it? And did you find out anything about Miss Flavisham herself? <sighs> I don't think we really did, did no, we? No, we didn't. <laughs> no, we probably shouldn't yeah, leave. We did. Did we? Um, Did we? Oh, we do. We, she's having an affair with John. He's married. Oh, true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, he's, got a, he's got a dying wife yeah. and she's having an affair yeah, with Yeah, we her. were too busy looking for the colours in that letter, but I did we're kind like, of oh, yeah, secret right. that away, being like, oh, yeah, that's important. Um, we grabbed that letter too. And I stuffed them in my bosom for safekeeping. Perfect. No one will go there. <laughs> wow, Vern. <laughs> what a wonderful trick. You've pulled a live dove from my bosom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should try it on someone else. Yes, you could always go to the door, but if you do so, you only hear the maid's voice coming from just beyond. No, I want to You can only imagine you'd be noticed. This is distracting me from so much. It wouldn't distract me from someone walking through the door to my left, but it distracts me all the same. Making sure absolutely nobody is able to see you, you two hoist yourself through the windows and into Miss Flavisham's garden bed. You've successfully found the scandalous materials she had on Emily Southridge. You've learned the fate of the evidence against Richard Southridge, and you found a note about Miss Flavisham's own less than acceptable behaviour. You are in quite a powerful position. To whom do you have allegiance and sympathy? And, of course, whose money appeals to you the most? Well, I would like an ar- to make an argument for going to Mr. Southridge, because he's the only one that's doing the wrong thing based on like the social context of the time, whereas the other two women are just behaving poorly. I feel similarly, but I also think, you know, Mrs. Southridge, we don't know her story. We don't know what led her to make these decisions. You also never know. Mr. Southridge might have started this affair after his marriage. He might be a scumbag too. Oh, I assume, but I have more sympathy for a repressed homosexual than I do for, you know. We, um, we, we go down the street and we, uh, go for a quiet drink in the public house to... To think about it. No, we can't stop. Someone might rob my bosom of these letters. <laughs> um, maybe we should talk to both the Southridges. Let's call a family meeting and make them sit down and talk to each other about what they've done. Uh, don't do more. And thus, family counselling came into being. <laughs> I can't believe that Miss Bennett and Miss Maggie invented family counselling. <laughs> and also friendship. <laughs> and friendship. <laughs> yeah, you should look this up. I did my research thoroughly. This was totally how it went. Oh, yeah. good. Good to know. Well done! Congratulations. You succeeded Yay. in your goals and you found a way out without attracting the noisy maid's attention. And we made a fortune from our family counselling empire that we went on to establish. It was really quite perfect. Nice one. Yeah, nice. good work. It came out pretty well. Good time. Your time was... 
50 minutes and 10 seconds. We just amazing. Amazing. Wow. So much done. time that was. And you've never done one before. That's never. Lovely. Did you enjoy your first audio escape room experience slash I, escape room experience? I very much did. I was actually a little bit disappointed when it turned out that we had found out Miss Lepshire's <laughs> secret, but we were just too stupid to Oh notice. no, we can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> You're holding the letter in your hand going, where will we find this evidence? Where could it possibly be? She said she knows some guy named John. Maybe we should ask John about this. <laughs> that went um, really well. Um, and just a reminder to, to people listening at home, if you want to support the show, the best way to possibly do that is to tell a friend. Take the earphones out of your ear, turn to the person sitting on the bus next to you and recommend our podcast to Shove that person. Shove the earphones Shove in yet. their ears. Rip theirs out. <laughs> Put these in and say, isn't this a great show? If you want to do that in a more digital format, leave a review on the iTunes podcasts thing. Wherever you can leave a review, follow us on Facebook, tweet about us. That's or fine well. make a really elaborate puzzle that your friends and neighbours have to solve to find out your opinion of this podcast. Yeah. The other way a lot of people have gotten people into the show is by playing a room for their friends. Download the room. Now that you've listened to the episode, run it yourself for your friends and neighbours or cat and see who enjoys it. Will you guys be putting the picture of the candle snuffy yeah, thing we'll up? Yeah. Sure Are you going to do you we'll say we put the picture somewhere? So to end the episode, Danny, if you want to give us a preview of the next room. The next room takes place in a confusing time, both the future and the past and the present. What could it be? You made it through the bad times. You made it through the good. You always knew you could.